0: Hey, boppers. Groovin' Movies is a podcast devoted to cult, vintage horror, exploitation, and pre-Hays Code films. Join Eddie French, Emma Tidswell and Tom King on Groovin' Movies every Monday. Can you dig it?
1: Welcome to episode seventeen. Uh, what are we What are we doing this week? Mike? Episode
0: seventeen. Whoa, whoa, whoa! That's a lot of episodes.
1: Well, we're very talented. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> We've got a lot of time on our hands. <laughs>
0: yes, yes, and a lot of movie ideas. And so, what are we handling? this episode?
1: Uh, We're doing toys this week. Toys,
0: of course!
1: Uh, Which is an interesting choice.
0: Toys is a weird one, yeah. I mean, obviously the release of some toy-related films in the cinemas recently has sparked this off a bit.
1: Yeah, of course. Of course, those movies being Child's Play and Toy Story 4.
0: Yes, uh, we'll be speaking a little about them later on.
1: Uh, But first... Why don't we talk about the movie that we've been looking forward to for quite some time? Yes. We finally got to see it. Yes. Midsummer. Yes. Uh, we went to like, it wasn't quite a midnight show, but it was like 11.30 maybe. 10 past 11. Yeah. The film came on about 11.30.
0: It's a two and a half hour film. That's, for me, that is very late. And you know what I'm like falling asleep in movies that, you know... Late at night.
1: Well, I had work in Sheffield at midday the following day, so I was really committing to Midsummer, and I'm glad that I did. It was fucking great.
0: Exactly. Just I just stayed awake. It was a feast for the eyes. I just I just couldn't keep my eyes off it. I was just yeah.
1: This is uh, the second offering by Ari Aster, who did Hereditary, which was my favorite movie of 2018.
0: It's a fantastic uh, horror, sort of modern folk horror uh it's it's great
1: in fact our first episode is called uh, nominate tony collette you cowards which is a reference to the movie hereditary
0: yeah and how great her performance in that is and he gets another great performance out of uh, florence pew yes who you're a big fan of
1: (laughs) well uh i mean i've said this once before but i will clarify uh i only have one issue with florence Pugh, and that is that she is quite a uh, posh upper class actress and that she seems to be given a lot of middle class working class roles however i didn't think that there would be i would really have an issue with her performance in this movie because she's playing an american and they don't really have class they just have poor and rich people um so like she was great in it
0: Rednecks and that. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, she's fantastic in it. Um, she's just... I think she's great. I, I, yeah. I just think she's great.
1: It's definitely the best thing I've seen her in. Really, really, really strong performance. And great performance by the rest of the cast as well. Like, I love Will Poulter. Great to see him. Uh, afraid I don't know his name, but Chidi from The Good Place was yes, in it. Yes,
0: yes. And uh, Jack, what's his name? Or oh, whatever. I, I can't even remember his name. The guy... Um, he's an Irish actor and he plays the boyfriend and Yeah, he's fantastic
1: and what was the movie that you said he was in because I remember that being Free like, Fire yeah
0: yeah Ben Wheatley film yes uh, yeah, he's yeah, in yeah. that he's an Irish actor um, he's in a great film called What Richard Did uh, and he's in a film called Kin which we might talk about as well in a moment oh um, yeah <laughs> but uh, yeah so it's a great it's a, it's a fantastic film it's beautiful to look at um it's it's yeah I mean I don't know what to give away but I mean it's obvious from the visuals that they've shown and everything that it's a horror film set at daytime it's a day it's a light horror yeah but it's it's horror hiding in plain sight it's just like every a lot of the shots look like paintings where, where you can look and there's all different characters and the people talking about something and mm. There's just so much going on in this film, but it is essentially two and a half hours of people in a field. <laughs> but it's just fucking sweet for any folk horror fan.
1: And uh, it's also worth mentioning, it's, it's a folk horror film, which is one of our favourite genres. Uh, we did an episode on folk horror already. I think it's called Ron Weasley, Nazi Hunter. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Uh, which had a kind of similar idea to Midsummer.
0: Yes. Uh, my pitch, I remember, uh, was slightly similar. I had like an old ginger festival. It was based around a real festival for gingers, a uh, Scandinavian thing. But um, and,
1: and this movie was about Scandinavian yeah, festival. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. So mine was quite similar to this, but mine had a bit more of a... Um,
1: a ginger tinge.
0: Yeah, and a bit of a monstery, more of a monstery thing and more of a sort of Sisperia witchy edge, but... This was obviously, it, obviously, you know, it, it plays its Wicker Man card. Yes, very, um, yeah, yeah. Clearly, you know, it's 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 on its sleeve. I
1: mean, I'd say like it definitely makes a clear homage to the Wicker Man, but I'd also say that this is possibly the greatest folk horror film ever made. Like, it's the most accomplished film. Like there's, I mean, there's more will... to this than the wicker man which is one of the greatest films yeah. horror films ever made
0: yes i mean obviously i'm reluctant to say it's above the like the wicker man probably is the ultimate
1: it's so great the folk horror but, but um, the, technical... the fact
0: that we're even sorry the fact that we're even talking about this in that the same sort of you know sentence as as wicker man just goes to show how Good this film
1: is yeah and the, the technical aspects i think really shine through in this it's it's a beautiful film but also fucking hideous <laughs> yeah
0: it's full of dread luscious beautiful dread and um it's funny it's just like hereditary was yeah it's very funny and i think some people get put off a bit by the funniness because they're thinking like it's just a bit shit or a bit silly mm. but I don't know I just see all the humor as long as I, I I think I do I think I see all the humor for what it is and yep. how he's trying to portray it and it's just fantastic the you know some of the, the towards the end Florence just it's just it's just great scary just, and funny
1: just go and see it it's absolutely marvelous uh, we've also just finished like this minute watching kin uh, which has one of the main characters of midsummer in it
0: Yes, yes.
1: yes. Uh, and that, that was pretty interesting because it's sort of... Um, I thought it was going to be a bit more of a child's film. I thought it was going to be a bit more like a um, attack the block type thing. Right,
0: because the concept is like a, a, a young sort of inner, inner city Detroit kid mm-hmm. finds a ray gun, yeah. essentially.
1: But it's know? sort of like, you know... Uh,
0: A space gun, a laser gun.
1: Yeah, but, like, a very high-tech laser gun that can blow up cars.
0: Yeah, yeah, the best kind. Um, And, yeah, and I just like that concept, really. I mean, it's that whole concept of being a kid and having those toy ray guns and and toy guns and that. (laughs) But um, but this is quite gritty and it was quite a um, bit of a drama, sci-fi thriller, maybe aimed at young adults. But it was it was a, I, I quite liked it. It was a solid sort of sci-fi indie.
1: Yeah, it really surprised me, sort of like how adult it it, it was in in themes. Yeah, but um, about
0: it was about young people. Yes, but um, I know what you mean. It's gritty and it's a gritty crime thriller um, with a sci-fi tinge. Yeah, um, good cast though. James Franco as well. Dennis Quaid.
1: Yeah, no, it's a it's a strong film. We definitely recommend it. Um, I think we should crack into some toy related movies as yeah. this is a toy special. Yeah, yeah. zap
0: zap guns, laser guns. <laughs> um, yeah, this is probably a weird thing. You're thinking, why? The, what toys? What is that even a film genre? But it sort of is. Um, we're talking about. Uh, films to do with toys films films about toys there's 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 a huge genre in horror about toys and then there's 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 it's a thing that kind of uh, and kids films obviously and and loads of genres
1: so much of movies I mean are about uh, nostalgia um, and uh, childhood experiences Um, so you know it feels only natural that so many movies are about toys themselves
0: yeah, Hollywood um, obviously cracked into, like, Hasbro and the people made Transformers mm, and yeah. He-Man because they're, they, they're odd things, aren't they? Because they're things that were, like, toys first yeah. And then the cartoons after, which is kind of a rare thing because usually you get the cartoon or the film or whatever and then you get the merchandise of that thing after. Yeah. While with, like, He-Man and Transformers, there's probably others, uh, GoBots and that. And, like, the, the the were just toys that they made and then... <laughs> um, the films can sort of go either way. Michael Bay had a certain amount of success with Transformer films. I mean, they did loads of sequels. Um, Bumblebee's meant to be very good. Haven't seen it. Um, nah. sort of 80s <laughs> setting. Have you seen it? <laughs> no. Nah. Yeah, well, it could be good. But again, it's that 80s popular Stranger Things style setting. Everything's popular now. So, um, so, so yeah. Or there's the uh, the 80s Dolph Lundgren uh, Master of the Universe movie. Yeah. On He-Man. Uh, with Courtney Cox um, and Frank Langella, a skeleton, and that is just weird. But that's one of those kind of enjoyable oddities. But it's very strange. It's again, it's a bit grittier than it should be. And yeah, know. so these. But it depends what you're talking about. About toy movies.
1: Well, one of the ones that we watched to start off with was the original Child's Play. Oh,
0: now this, I watched this film a lot as a kid.
1: I don't think that I'd watched it all the way through again. Uh, I think I I had a similar experience with the Child's Play franchise than I did with the Nightmare franchise. So
0: you had seen it. It was sort of in the back of your mind a bit. Yeah, I'd seen
1: bits. I'd seen bits and pieces. Yeah.
0: But um, he is, you know, he's up there, Chucky. He's up there with, um, again, we were, last podcast episode, we did um, Freddy, Nightmare on Elm Street Films. Um, Chucky is with those guys. He's mm-hmm. you know your Jason, your Freddy's, your Pinheads, your Chucky. <laughs> um, <laughs> but he'd sort of gone. Um, he's gone into a comedy character, sort of, and he, in these Bride of Chucky films yeah. and, and whatnot. So it's nice seeing him in the original um, and seeing it as a, it's a it's a proper sort of slasher horror movie. Yeah, and you don't really get that side that we're familiar with with Chucky till later on in the movie to be Mm -hmm, honest mm -hmm. um I think it's a solid slasher film to go in that you know that whole big book of uh Crazy slasher movies.
1: I totally agree. um I think it really surprised me, and actually, like how strong it was. I, it has a, a ludicrous setup, yes, uh, but one that is so <laughs> ludicrous it's quite enjoyable. Yeah, uh, which is a, a serial killer who uh, who also seems to have some penchant in voodoo. Well, he's a, um. he's a
0: proper awful criminal. He's a strangler and he does all burglaries and stuff. But um yeah, he's a skinny white guy played Brad Brad Dourif, played by Brad Dorff. And he's a, into a, voodoo.
1: As you know, like, of all people, you know, skinny white men are always, you know, proficient in voodoo. It's it's definitely, it's it's in our blood.
0: Well, like. they, 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 they you know, he goes back, you see the guy who taught him the voodoo, and, and <laughs> you know, he's not a skinny white man. So, um, you know, it's just like learning the guitar or learning how to do, you know, whatever, learning how to play basketball. White guys can do things as well, <laughs> I think. So I'm told <laughs> I can't do shit, um, but yeah, so demon doll, it's uh, he he puts his um, Charles Lee Ray puts his soul uh, as he gets shot by Chris Saradin, yeah, um, the <laughs> formerly husband of Susan Saradin, I imagine, um, and he gets shot, and then he puts his soul into uh, the first thing he can find. Obviously, he tried to find a human, he mm-hmm. finds a doll, and then we have child's play. And,
1: you know. It's great, I really like it I, one thing that I think is quite great in this uh, movie is uh, the use of location, uh, particularly within the flat um, you know, like that like, leading up to the final fight scene, obviously, we've seen that location quite a lot. And then, you know, the sofa's on fire. And it's it's just a good use of space and setting for a movie uh, made this long ago.
0: You're absolutely right about that, actually. I hadn't quite thought about that. And uh, just little moments where you see the footprints in the flower yeah. on the on the, on the um, counter in the kitchen.
1: I mean, a lot of movies do this. I mean, to me, it's sort of like, it's almost like they're shining on, like, a really small scale. Um, well, yeah. I mean, quite literally, like Jack <laughs> is shrunk to the size of a doll. <laughs>
0: um, but it is quite funny. But there is a darker element because it does deal with a child sort of being um, in suspicion of being a murderer.
1: Mm-hmm. And. Also, top marks to this child actor because I normally hate child actors. I want to throw them out the window, but this (laughs) one is genuinely quite a good actor if I remember correctly. He
0: he really is, and he's very young. Yeah, who he is, I forget what the actor's name was, but. if he went on to acting, or whether he was just so fucked up over the <laughs> filming <laughs> those movies with a fucking moving doll, because there are some moments like they build it up, and when he when he comes as yeah. Chucky, it does really work, um, and it's a mother's exasperation. She's just scared for a child, and it is a it is quite a a proper good moment, I think, um, in the movie when you switch, and he's like, bang, you know, wanna play? <laughs> it's, just, <laughs> it's good great horror film
1: no I, I think it stands up as well i don't think it's dated too badly um but we also went to the cinema just this week and watched uh, the remake of charles we play.
0: did it on we did it on the same day we yeah we, we, we <laughs> because we're so devoted to this podcast
1: um
0: <laughs> we watched charles play the original then went to the cinema and saw the remake which was interesting
1: i really liked it
0: so did i I was just quite surprised at how much I liked it, actually.
1: Yeah, same.
0: Um, Because I just didn't... They they did screw around with the plot quite a lot.
1: Yeah, but in a lot of ways, it's like... It's just as flawed and just as enjoyable as the original um, plot anyway.
0: Yeah, I'm glad they changed it. Because if they'd just done it a bit like that, it would have been a bit too silly. And they'd already sort of uh, done that silly stuff in the later Chucky movies. Because, obviously... Every Chucky movie, as it went on, had to deal with that voodoo element because that's how he was sort of alive, yeah, so with this it was a really fresh take,
1: also, I think what they've clearly done with this one is uh they've they've seen where they went wrong in the sequels of Chucky where it went sort of like too comedy and too ridiculous, and in this, like it retains uh its scariness in places yeah. and it yeah. and it does work as a horror film, but like there is still humor there and there are some at least i'd say 3 really good laugh out loud moments yeah. um that you know don't diminish the horror of the film
0: yeah um, it's a yeah it's a bit more contemporary it's a bit more like black mirror um it's got sort of that techno technological um bent to it uh, which is interesting the way they did it um mark hamill is a great uh Replacement for Brad Dorf. Yeah. It seems natural, um, but yeah, it didn't quite know the tone of what it was. I think, but that didn't really matter. I don't know. I'd use that as a criticism sometimes, but I kind of liked the way it was. There was a bit of comedy gore, and then uh, you know, it was like didn't get too horror. But then there was obviously that sort of bit of gooniness, Stranger Things to it. There was there was more children actors in this one.
1: Yeah, no, I agree, but it really worked for me. Uh, I mean, as I've already said, like when it was scary, it was scary. When it was funny, it was funny. Uh, and I didn't feel like they clashed at any point. I think they worked alongside each other quite well. It was it was just well measured. It was a yeah. well-paced movie.
0: But the originals have a darker controversy about them. Um, obviously, there's the third one was nearly banned, I think, in this country. Yeah. Um, because of uh, certain murders in the Northwest. Jamie Bulger... Um, and it was really, it was a big thing, and these were kind of scary movies. But are when you, you look at them, they're stupid, doll
1: movies. But are you saying you would have enjoyed this movie more if if more children had died recently?
0: Wow. <laughs> well, oh no, it did well enough in cinemas. I don't think <laughs> I don't think any kids needed to die. Wow. But uh, because it did well enough, because I think it did surprisingly well in the cinemas. So no kids needed to die. But but, but I, if
1: it was a flop.
0: Well. Sometimes I think when big movies come out, kids need to die.
1: Okay.
0: <laughs> no, sorry, we don't want to mix that in any sort of. Yeah, we're just.
1: Uh... One movie I would like to hear about uh, is a movie that I actually haven't been to see yet. Uh, I've been I've been a lazy Larry and have not been to see Toy Story four, but Mike has, and I thought I'd let you talk to the people about it.
0: Yes. Well, this links. Very much on for the remake of uh, Chance Play. I mean, what a chance. They're released at the same time. A lot of the marketing Mm -hmm. uh, and advertising for Chance Play, um, they did some dark sort of crossover Toy Story advertising, which was very funny. Right. Um, And then I think Toy Story bit back at them as well, which is good. (laughs) Uh, But... And the kid from Child's Play is called Andy. And the kid in the Toy Story movies, from the first one to the third, is called Andy. So (laughs) so you're just kind of waiting for Chucky to appear in the Toy Story movie. (laughs) Um, But yeah, so obviously a lot of people were a bit weirded out that there was a fourth uh, Toy Story movie. um, Because it sort of ends so perfectly in the third. But... When you start watching this movie, you realise that that's not the case at all. And I don't believe it does end perfectly in the third one. It does for a lot of the toys, but this film is um, about Woody, really. Mm. Um, And because if you look back... Well, I mean, I look at the first one. I love the Toy Story movies. I love them um if you look back to the first one the first one if you look at basic human level uh it's about job sort of thing and um there's there's a guy who's been there for so long and then a new guy comes in and then he's completely threatened and then uh, but they, they learn to work together mm-hmm. yeah um no one gets fired <laughs> um, but then so this ending uh obviously andy's grown up in the third one and he sort of passes the. The, the, the toys on to a uh, little girl um but there is always that thing in your mind well woody is that woody's destiny really so uh so it kind of goes on from there really and it enters um i just think it's possibly not the most uh, the the best for children, but I think it's possibly the most emotionally intellectual of the four <laughs> Toy Story movies. Yep. Um, but, uh, yeah, but yes. So then he meets uh, the Bo Peep is introduced into it again, who was from the early movies, who was just absent from the third, and they sort of uh, make up for that, and they they explain yeah. what happened at the beginning. Um, she's voiced by Annie Potts, who played Janine in the Ghostbusters movies. <laughs> um, and she's just a really strong female character, and it's sort of about them reconnecting again, and uh, you learning what their death, what his destiny really is.
1: That sounds great.
0: Yeah, I think it's incredible. Uh, Kiana Reeves is fantastic as Duke Kaboom. Uh, he plays a sort of uh, evil. There was a, there was an old toy in the seventies which was based on Evil Can Evil, right? And um, He was a bike, and he went up, and in the advert, he was really glorious, but then, like, in reality, he sort of just went round the loop and just fell over, and that's what this character is like, and that's why he's a forgotten toy, because they all meet in this antique store, and there's all these old toys um and it's great just Keanu's had a great year <laughs> an amazing year <laughs> yeah. and uh it's great just he he's fantastic he makes the most of his role but there's so loads of the voice actors um yeah Keenan uh, what is it Keenan Peel um they're in it yeah. um you know uh what's the 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 girl who was in that film, Kiana Reeves, were the rom-com where he plays himself.
1: Well, Ali, Ali Wong.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, she plays a character in it. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's, it's great. I thought it was fantastic. I think you shouldn't be put off if you think it's an unnecessary fourth because it's not. It's just a great sort of ending to a certain character. But I don't know what they'll do next. Who knows?
1: Well, I'm really looking forward to sitting down and watching it, actually. Um... That brings us to the the final movie uh, that we're going to review this week, uh, which is Toys. Toys, starring Robin
0: Williams from like 1992, 1993. We watched it earlier.
1: I remember this vividly from my childhood. Like, I must have watched this over and over and over and so many bits from the film are stuck in my head and it was a delight to re-watch it but it wasn't just a delight to re-watch it and see all the things that I remembered from watching as a kid it was amazing to rewatch it because it hasn't dated that badly <laughs> and it's a great film and I got to enjoy it on an adult level that I'd obviously never understood as watching it as a child it was like watching it brand new it was fucking great
0: yeah because it's about um it's this weird little thing i think it was a bit of a expensive flop when it came out yeah sort of built a cult (laughs) following um it's a film about family it's a film about corporate espionage it's a film about um the military (laughs) it's it's yeah it's got so many little things in it but it's it is odd, and it's by um, it's directed by and co-written by Barry Levinson, mm-hmm. yep. who uh, made Good Morning Vietnam with Robin Williams. So there's obviously got a sort of connection there, um, and he. But it doesn't seem to be like a lot of his films, even Rain Man and things like that. Like, yeah, it seems like a sort of Tim almost Tim Burton film that's not a Tim Burton film, but it's it's, it's
1: or a it's, Wes Anderson yeah. film in places.
0: Yeah, yeah um that was a good shout actually it's way before wes anderson and he must have seen this film because it's just so beautifully executed and um it just looks great
1: it's genuinely visually one of the most unique movies i've ever seen and like that's saying a lot to so, as you say coming from a person who tends to direct you know like uh just your, your normal dramas, yeah, actually, you know, like, blockbuster dramas, yeah, like yeah. good stuff, but like not normally like this uh, visually. Uh, I suppose like risky and yeah. arty.
0: Yeah, they're a bit straight. They're a bit um, just mainstream. I guess. I don't know. It's
1: it's conceptual. Like, yeah. There isn't a second of this movie that isn't conceptualized in some way, and it's astounding. One thing that really blows me away is like. I mean, I can totally see why this flopped because (laughs) it it doesn't really work for kids. It does does kind of work for adults in like a kind of spectacle way, but I don't think it works for many adults. Like, I can see why this didn't make money in the cinema. People on
0: drugs. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) yeah, yeah. (laughs) I mean, I loved it growing up. I've watched it throughout my life.
1: Like, is this a kid's film?
0: I don't know, because I remember as a kid going to the cinema with my brothers and they went to see The Fugitive, but I wasn't 15 so I couldn't get in, so I went home with my dad and we rented toys and it was fucking amazing. And, um... Yeah, it's just, it is It for- is for kids but as you said there's there's moments of like art house in there there's moments um there was a moment when you said it was a bit like
1: a peter greenaway film <laughs> it's a lot like a peter greenaway film with michael gambon uh playing like the general character you got got to bear in mind like the main cast of this is like robin williams uh joan cusack uh robin wright uh from the yeah. from house of cards i mean it's, this is an absolute delight of a film. And, and let's not forget LL Cool J.
0: Yeah, and possibly his finest role, I'd say. I don't know one of his finest roles. I agree. Um, as Michael Gambon's one, which is <laughs> bizarre. But um, yeah, he's everyone's fantastic, isn't it? I forgot there was a great uh, soundtrack with Tori Amos um, and Hans Zimmer and Tra- Trevor Horn mixed with those artists. There's a Tori Amos song, and I love Tori Amos. Uh, it goes through the whole film. It's just great, sweet and great.
1: And allegorically, it's just sort of like a tale of uh, peace versus war and sort of like fun and play versus sort of like discipline and order. Like it's uh, it, it's a very, uh, like it, it works on an abstract level as well. And it's just, it's so silly. Yeah. and Like the amount of things that I just, <laughs> the amount of like visual... Uh, things that I remember from the movie—it's genuinely overwhelming to like sit down and, and watch it all again.
0: Yeah, and films, obviously, watching films with Robin Williams, you, see, you think about how directors rein him in or how mm-hmm. much they let him do bits. And obviously, he—he's—you can notice little bits in this film where he's let alone to do little stand-upy bits or do little bits. Yeah. Um, but it re- never really gets in the way of the story. It's always quite natural and just, just, just quite amusing and just gentle. And you just sort of. You just like, well, I just like watching him. It's Robin Williams.
1: <laughs> I genuinely think this is one of his best performances. And I think this is one that is uh, wrongly overlooked a yeah. lot of the time.
0: Because he's slightly, even though he's completely wacky on the outsets and all the stuff he's doing, all the stuff he's wearing, he is actually quite understated in it. Yeah. Um. So it's a bit of a, a balance there. And I think that makes it one of his really good performances.
1: No, I, I absolutely loved it. I, I'd, I'd uh, implore everyone to go and watch Toys. Rewatch uh, it.
0: It's great. You might remember from your from your
1: youth, but rewatch it now. Also, don't you think it's sort of got shades of Midsummer in places, like the green hills, totally and the colours.
0: They're both feasts for the eyes. Yeah, toy eyes, goggly eyes, the googly eyes, those thicker googly eyes you put on stuff. <laughs>
1: yeah, uh,
0: those eyes, like Forky in Toy Story Four, because a whole I didn't even mention Forky's little fucking fork, voiced by the guy from. Buster from the rest of development.
1: Nice. Tony yeah. Hale. That's the one.
0: I'm a little fork. <laughs> uh,
1: yeah, that's not
0: what he's like. That's not a good impression. I'm sorry.
1: Uh, cool. Well, let's get into uh, the pitches of this week's episode. Okay. It's my pitch uh, to start off the pitch part of this week's episode. It's a toy special. So we're thinking toy themes. Um, My movie It kind of follows on nicely from the movie Toys actually Uh, I wrongly remembered the movie Toys as uh, I I thought it was called Toy Town Uh, It's not, it's called Toys Uh, So my movie's called Toy Town Okay
0: Toy Town There's probably a film called Toy Town
1: No, I IMDB'd it, there's not a Toy Town
0: I mean there's like those old sort of Toy Town cartoon Kind of things Noddy He's in a toy town. The prick. yeah, he is
1: in a, in a town made of toys. Yeah, but uh, I-, I IMDb'd it. There's there's no toy town currently.
0: And there's a whole there's a whole TV show called Naughty Detective or like Private Detective Naughty. It's like fucking CSI. Yeah,
1: but it's not called Toy Town, is it?
0: No, no, no. So carry on.
1: Uh, so in Toy Town, uh, basically, it's about. Uh, there's an eccentric uh, billionaire toy baron uh, called Toby Town. Toby Town. His name is Toby Town, and he is the owner of Toy Town. Okay. Right?
0: Right. Toby Town. Yep. He owns Tone Town, Toy Town.
1: Yep. Okay. You know, he's a bit like the character that sort of... Uh, Owns the company of uh, a, 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 in toys, you know, like your your classic eccentric billionaire that's devoted his life to small wooden toys.
0: Okay, so have we got a have we got a, a casting or?
1: I was thinking Toby Jones again.
0: Oh, here we go, bring out Toby Jones. But yeah, yeah, when you when you need him, you bring him out.
1: I think he's great. Um, m- and, and for, for reasons that will become clear later on. Uh, so basically, uh, he dies.
0: Oh. Uh,
1: and the start of this movie is, like, his family all gathered at sort of the reading of his will.
0: Is this just not toys that we just watched? <laughs> is this not the same beginning no. as that film? No. Okay.
1: I mean, a bit. But, <laughs> but this is Toy Town. Right. I, I, I really can't stress... Mike, I think it's very clear and obvious, like we we watch Toys, yeah. But, but this is Toy Town. It's a very different film.
0: Yeah, but well what you're describing is very similar so far to Toys.
1: Right, well Tom Hiddleston's in it.
0: Okay, well now we're changing it up a bit.
1: So basically his family's all gathered round at the reading of his will.
0: Low key. Uh
1: <laughs> I see what you did there. Thanks. Um so his his family's there. That includes um Toby's son, which is Tom Hiddleston.
0: Yeah, I can see that. <laughs> Maybe, that, that. Is there enough age difference? that Who cares?
1: I was thinking like, I mean, also I think James Franco could do this. Um, but I, I'd like to see Hiddleston in more. Yeah. Uh, his wife, who is played by Tessa Thompson, because I'm in love with her. Tessa! Uh, their son, who's played by some child actor prick, you know, like one of the shit ones, one of the ones I proper want to throw out a window. Yeah. Um, and then, Toby's daughter, played by Florence Pugh. Yes. Because I've come back on board to the pewster. Uh
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. Pugh Brew, Bonnie McGrew, Cuthbert Devil Grub.
1: And in this, she's playing the daughter of a billionaire. So I think I think she can. I think she'll smash it.
0: She can do that. No, oh, she's so pretty. Uh,
1: and then her husband, played by Rafe Spall.
0: Oh, nice. Get in there. I love a little bit of
1: Rafe. Uh, and then they've got a daughter, played by you know. And again, like an annoying child actress.
0: Yeah, but not too annoying or annoying. They're all annoying.
1: Not as annoying as the the boy one.
0: Right, right, right.
1: And uh, also the the last person that's in this room is obviously the lawyer who's reading out this will, who's played by Timothy Spall.
0: Why not? Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, here we go.
1: So basically the will's read out and uh, it's promised that everybody in that room are guaranteed uh, uh, treasures uh, beyond their wildest dreams sort of thing, Uh, including uh, even the lawyer, um, Timothy Spall, because obviously he's been the family lawyer for so long. Right. Uh, But basically there's a few directions. What they do is uh, in in the directions they say, what you have to do to uh, retrieve uh, these treasures that you are owed, your inheritance, uh, you have to go to Toy Town. Right. because he's got like this sort of like big factory slash village uh which is sort of a bit like in in toys it's sort of like uh it's it's a factory but also like you know the factory in itself is also toys do you know what, do you know what I mean
0: yeah I mean in toys he dies and then he gives he 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 gives the factory over to his military brother played by Michael Gambo because he doesn't quite trust um, robin williams's character to, to take it over yeah again is this very similar no they're all just going to this toy town
1: they just go into this toy town right okay. uh to to receive their their inheritance right okay. and when they get there uh there's like i'd say there's like like a there's a there's a treasure hunt like a sequence of like golden tickets that they follow to sort of like get getting further and further deeper and deeper into toy town
0: willy wonka have we golden ticket
1: Basically, what I'm going for, and I'm sorry for the spoilers up ahead of what's going to happen, but this is a slasher Willy Wonka.
0: Holy shit. Why haven't they done that? I know, right? (laughs) Haven't they just remade Willy Wonka as a full-on adult slasher movie?
1: It would totally work. Yeah. Um, So, basically, they get to the center of uh, Toby Town's estate, uh, a.k.a. Toy Town. Um, And that's where the true nature of Toby Town's... Uh, will and testimony is sort of revealed right was,
0: yeah 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 okay yeah
1: so, and and basically what's happened is is uh, toby town throughout his entire life he was actually uh, ridiculed by his family they thought like all of his toys were dead silly and daft and and ridiculous and he was always sort of like the joke of the family um and it's always sort of annoyed him because he sort of knew that he was gonna die, he sort of like had a degenerative illness, that he would leave all of these uh this these treasures and his life's work that he worked so hard on uh to these people that don't even respect him or his uh his industry, right? So what he has done is he's devised a big fucking murder plan, hasn't he? <laughs> so like a
0: big fucking murder plan.
1: So all of a sudden, uh, all the toys in Toy Town sort of wake up and they've got one mission, and that mission is kill. Shit. Uh, so you've got like all of these, and I think it's a pretty solid cast list up front.
0: So is Toby Jones still dead at this point?
1: Yeah, he's he's dead, but I do but think that he he comes back towards the end as some sort of like hologram, or he's put into like some sort of robot.
0: He's made into a toy. He's made into like a fucking tin toy, or he's not yes. like he, or he's like stuffed and taxidermy toy. Yes, like, he's remote control corpse zombie. You know, there's a lot of ways to go.
1: I've also forgot. Uh, to to even mention the main character, Go for it. Um, sorry, they were meant to be in this room at the start of the movie because they're a part of this family. It's the youngest son uh, of Toby Jones, who is played by Peter Dinklage, right? Nice. And he's slightly less of a prick. He's also <laughs> like far less successful than anyone else in the family. Right. Uh, sort of like he's a bit of the black sheep. Um, he's sort of ridiculed a lot as well. Um, but he's sort of like half alright. Um, and I think that, like, uh, there'd be like, loads of great scenes of Peter Dinklage fighting toys, which I think would be dead good. I think he'd be dead good at it. But um, well,
0: just because he's a bit small?
1: Well, no. That's that what saying? Because, no. Because, like,
0: he's close to the, more close to the size of toys?
1: Well, no, because I, th- I think that he he why, could why fight mean... a big toy.
0: <laughs> yeah. And then is it because he's little? Is that funny to you?
1: No, it's heroic. <laughs>
0: I'm just trying to back you into a corner here.
1: I've noticed. <laughs> um, no, I just think that he he'd be handy with a toy hammer <laughs> or a normal hammer because he's a bit
0: like a child. Is that what you say?
1: I I don't. I think that if we, I feel like this should be wrote with with him in the. You know, he needs to have a part in the writers' room. Okay. He needs to be making yeah. sure that we're we're In, not being too silly film. but like i think this is, is this would be like a really fun film like it's a, it's a silly slasher movie it's comedy yeah. horror yeah. and i think there's a lot to to be made fun fu- to have fun with and also i think it's uh, it's great for um, a small person to be, like, the lead in a horror film. I think that's fucking great.
0: True, yeah. Without being used as the novelty villain, like Leprechaun.
1: To be fair, he <laughs> was in a great, uh, this sort of, like, a dystopian um, movie. I think with him and L fanning, or is it Dakota? I think it's one of the fannings. Yes. Uh, and that was really good. I really enjoyed that. Mm. I mean, he is a smashing actor.
0: Oh, yeah, he's great. He's great. Station agent, really good in Little Lindy.
1: And I think that he should use those amazing acting talents to fight toys,
0: yeah, why not? Uh
1: but yeah, I think I think this would be really like fun cuz I think there's a lot I mean the movie toys showed us a lot that you can do with sort of like with with toys when you sort of like transform toys into the setting like
0: Yeah, it's yes, I know what you mean. And and the the toys has a fantastic war scene at the end. It's just a huge sort of war with toys.
1: It reminds me a lot of like Cube. You know, it it's that sort of innovation in uh, the use of Space. Of space, yeah. That, that that I think toys sort of
0: space and props and um, rooms. Yeah, there's the moment where they're um, they're looking at all the fake puke, um, the joke <laughs> yeah, yeah. puke, and then they're in this white room, and the white room is closing slowly, block by block around them. But it but it sort
1: of does it in like a way, like it looks like Tetris. Yes. Uh, and and it was it was a scene that when it started, I knew exactly what was going to happen. I I, it's one of the most vivid childhood film memories that yeah. I can remember. A One room, that I'd forgotten as well. <laughs> a room
0: getting smaller and smaller and smaller. Um, so do you want similar aesthetics with this film, or do you want to go darker? Do you want to go lighter?
1: I think I definitely want similar aesthetics to toys and that sort of, yeah, clever use of space. You know, for instance, the start of toys where they go up the staircase uh, and the receptionist has to turn the staircase on uh, so that the staircase like rolls forward because it's sort of like... Yeah. A toy staircase but it's also a, a giant working staircase i'd like to see a lot of that but also i'd quite like it to be a bit willy wonka
0: and so how do we come about the end of this film i mean who's what's the killing what what's the whole who's I, doing the all the killing what's going on what's well toby jones is ordered jones all the killing he's alive no
1: he's dead he's dead but i feel like there might be some sort of ai consciousness right
0: so Um, we're going back to a bit like the child's play remake
1: (laughs) i suppose so yeah yeah yeah. and uh i quite like the idea of like the final two uh survivors being like peter dinklage and the young daughter like the young little girl um and you know peter dinklage fighting this sort of like toby jones ai that's been trans like transported into some sort of like killer robot i think would be dead cool yes um but also i kind of i want some of the deaths to be like really unforgiving and it to be quite unmerciful in some ways like i think that the the child actor the boy actor should die quite early on like just you know sort of decapitated quite quickly.
0: So this is a horror version sort of, well, not horror version toys, but that kind of aesthetic, but made into a horror movie.
1: Yeah, definitely.
0: Um, So you want proper gory deaths. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, obviously, there is a huge sort of toy horror subgenre. Obviously, Charles plays the daddy, but then you've Mm got um, stuff like Dolls, Dolly Dolly Dearest, the Puppet Master franchise, which are mad. Uh, Demonic Toys, there's loads of those films. Um, So they did, within the 80s, 90s, there was this strange subgenre of killer toys. I mean,
1: aesthetically for this as well, I see this being quite similar to... The movies that uh, of Rob Zombie, even who, right. I, who I think is a very uh, creative director visually, and I think uh, a lot of people give him uh, short thrift. Yeah, I do. I really like <laughs> him. I think he's brilliant.
0: You've made me want to check him out more. I did give him short shrift because I loved White Zombie and I loved his sort of his uh, early artwork and his, zomb- mm-hmm. his sort of weird zombie, and I wanted his films to be very much like. His artwork and stuff like that, but I felt they're a bit—I don't know—derivative of stuff like Texas Chainsaw Massacre. I don't know; like know. they're a bit there.
1: But <laughs> I've always felt like he—he plays pays homage a lot. Yeah. But like, he's but very honest with that, not and that's
0: good. That's
1: the problem. I mean, I, I disagree. Like, I, I feel like he's much more considered than a lot of these like early, early pieces. Like, like, the, like visually, there's a lot more going on in his yeah, films. Yeah. Um, and yeah, he has made some shape, but he's also quite honest when he's made some shite yeah. I mean he'll admit in interviews like oh yeah I've made like you know six films and three of them were okay mm. <laughs> but his Halloween movies I'd strongly recommend
0: yeah well, and you love Halloween but then mm. a lot of people who love Halloween wouldn't wouldn't recommend those movies yeah so. but
1: they're wrong like <laughs> yeah,
0: okay okay I liked his cartoon did a weird cartoon about a wrestler it was a bit rude but it was violent can't remember the name, but um, I can totally see Rob Zombie directing a kind of toy horror movie.
1: I mean, for this, if if Rob Zombie's not interested, I actually think Ari Aster would do a great job with this. Yeah,
0: because the aesthetics, but turning it into a horror film, but keeping that light, big shot aesthetic, that huge, yeah, sort of, yeah, I, I can see it.
1: Or, like, Wes Anderson has always said he would eventually like to do a horror film. Maybe this is the sort of vehicle that he would do.
0: Seems like a good, um, a good project. I mean, the new Saw film is being done by Chris Rock and it's st- <laughs> uh, starring him and it stars Samuel Jackson as his dad or something <laughs> um, this is actually happening
1: wow, what? S- yeah that's amazing you not know, hear this no? Chris,
0: Chris Rock has uh, just bought taken the Saw franchise and him and Samuel Jackson are going to be in the next movie and I, that's all, all we know that they've taken the Saw Saw? Saw? Chris Rock? isn't that fucking weird? Samuel Jackson's in it
1: Totally want to see it, though. <laughs> and I haven't wanted to see a Saw movie since, like, Saw 3. Ever
0: since Saw. <laughs> um, yeah, so that's interesting. But, yeah, this, uh, I think, yeah, I wasn't quite, I, I thought your film was just Toys at first, but now it's it's a whole horror. Yeah. Yeah, I can see it. And I can and see it's, it. It's
1: so location-specific. And you know what I'm talking about, you know. but Think as uh, think sort of like a slasher movie, but, like, in Legoland, it's sort of like that sort of <laughs> setting. Uh, n- not quite a fun park, like like a theme park, which I think we've seen quite a lot. We've seen a lot of slasher movies in yes. theme parks, and you know, uh, Hall of Mirrors and all of that. It's not quite that. I'm talking toys. I'm talking like Hamleys, like being stuck in Hamleys with lots of like killer toys after you. you know, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Drones and things like that. You know, like what's that shitty fucking like uh, gadget shop in the Arndale Centre? it's called something you know, like mansplaining or something it's got yeah, a fucking you know yeah. menkind, i think it's called yeah
0: gadget did no cuz cuz gadgets
1: aren't for you know oh women. not for women can no you imagine way. a no woman way. playing with a gadget oh god like a vibrator all right uh, <laughs>
0: <laughs> um yeah uh, i totally uh yeah I, I totally see that
1: and it's you know great cast isn't it definitely can't afford them but uh <laughs> <laughs> And I think, again, uh, I really like utilising the duality of uh, Toby Jones as an actor. He yeah. can do soft and lovely brilliantly, but he can also be a menacing little cunt.
0: Yes, yes. He sound a bit like his mum then. <laughs> uh, not that I know what his mum sounds like. Um, yeah, no, I think that sounds really cool. What would you call it and who's directing it?
1: Toy Town, mate. Toy
0: Town. It's really, yeah, I thought you might have come up with something that since we got from Toy Town. As we've gone through the film, you might have come up with a slightly more interesting title:
1: "Toy Gory."
0: <laughs> that I like. <laughs> um, and yeah, director Ari Aster, you
1: know, I quite like well,
0: Ari Aster. I, Rob Zombie. Uh, we'll I'm see ma- who's available. A mashup,
1: oh, both of them together. Yeah.
0: Um, Ari Ariaster co-writing and producing, Rob Zombie directing and co-writing. I
1: could even see Carpenter be an executive on this.
0: Steady on, steady on.
1: All right. All right.
0: I don't know if he's done much about toys, Carpenter. He's done cars. He's done. Uh, mhm, mhm. Lots of
1: books. Shit. What? Like books with like in the mouth of madness. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Yeah, like, books. You know yeah. literature.
0: Yeah, I'm aware of what books are. I've read a book, but I prefer playing with toys.
1: Okay, we're back. Uh, it's Mike's pitch uh go ahead
0: well um it's a tricky one isn't it I mean, toys is a strange sort of uh genre, is it a genre that <laughs> that
1: we've come up with it's a theme uh,
0: yeah yeah it's a theme and um i think it's quite interesting that we picked it uh so obviously you first go to that kind of horror thing where there's so many things puppet masters the Monitors, chucky um you really cover that well what i think with yours um there's also toys that never got movies. Like we were talking before about Boglins. I mean Yeah. Boglins was the big one that never really could have had a whole fantasy cartoon, a whole fantasy movie franchise, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um they were fantastic. And there's probably so many. Uh there was a there was like a Werburz one with teddy birds, and then you turned them inside out and they were like fucking um scary Bears. Yeah. would have made it great. Um, what toys did you play with as a kid? What did you uh, what I did had you a play? lot
1: of Transformers, yeah, Teenage made, Mutant Ninja Turtles. They made plenty
0: of films out of Transformers and Teenage Mutant Turtles, all vary in quality.
1: I had a lot of wrestling toys, you know, I was, I was big into wrestling. The
0: ones where you flick the back with your form and then their arms go... Meh, meh, yeah, meh. yeah, stuff like
1: that. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, I could, I'd, I'd have, like, a wrestling ring and have a lot of wrestling matches with them. Uh, a lot of cars. Like, I, I think I, me and my brother shared a lot of toys, like yeah, I suppose most people do. do.
0: I've got two older brothers, did the same. Um, I remember one Christmas when I got the Ecto-1 Ghostbusters, and I was yeah. so happy. And I had all, the ghost, had all the figures to go in it, and it was just made, everything. They were in a car. It was great.
1: I don't remember having that many Ghostbusters figures, but I do remember having ecto-1 and um, we did have like the fire station
0: i had loads of shit i had i had janine wow. and had janine's car and janine's car turned into like a huge mantis when you press the back buttons um and there was like a werewolf there's just loads of great there's loads of great um toys made from the ghostbusters tons yeah. just brave Stars. remember that oh god it was yeah a, it was a cow it was a cowboy had all these strengths i had the whole fucking town saloons I just love toys. (laughs) G.I. Joe. Anyway. um, I had a lot of
1: He-Man as well, to be fair.
0: Yes, there's a lot of films that uh, I can kind of struggle sometimes to make themselves from toys. You've got the G.I. Joe movies, G.I. Joe Retaliation. Mm -hmm. Um, Bruce Willis actually plays G.I. Joe. Uh, You've got The Rock in it and stuff. Um, But anyway, there's all these toys, but um, I've got a more sort of straight biopic. Uh, biopic biopic right. biopic biopic biopic, yeah <laughs> um, so uh, my film's about uh a guy called uh, Richard T james, uh-huh right so in nineteen forty three um, Richard James was trying to develop a means for suspending sensitive shipboard he's an engineer, um so he was working on naval vessels and he was suspending sensitive shipboard instruments. Um, in rough seas, so mm-hmm. he's working with springs, right? Yep. So, um, in that meaning, as you know, in that time as an engineer, he's working with the springs. Um, he accidentally drops one, seeing how the spring sort of keeps moving after it hits the ground. Yeah. Uh, the idea for the toy of the slinky,
1: right? Yeah, was born. Right. You know, you know what? Just as you are starting to say this. It's fucking mad. No one's done a biopic about the inventor of the slinky. It'd be like it's a a super fun <laughs> like the Aviator, isn't it? It's sort yes, of like a yes. like the Aviator with a sense of humor.
0: But are you aware of the story?
1: Behind no, it? no. Like I'm really looking forward to this <laughs>
0: <laughs> because it's really interesting, right? So um, this Richard James guy, he uh, he sort of accidentally invented the slinky, and his wife Betty, he sort of came the idea to her. Um, she was just a sort of normal homemaker, but she was quite stern. She had a sort of eye for business a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and But he kept talking about this uh, idea of a toy. It was just a spring that kept, you know, just did that thing. Um, she thought he was a bit mad. Uh-huh. Uh, he spent like a year or two um, working on it. Um, and then she sort of they were together as their relationship together they she she came around to it and then she found the name for it um which she looked through the dictionary and she found what you know she was looking for words that described the motion and the slinky and yeah she found slinky
1: Uh (laughs) uh-huh
0: um so they made it together and um she thought the minute he sort of went out to, to market the sink, he sort of on his own, he went to the Gimbles, Gimbles, um, like, as you were saying before, those big high street, the Hamilton, whatever they are, you know, the big toy stores. Yeah, yeah. Like in Hamley's. Tom, yeah, that's the one, Like in, but this was like Gimbal's or something. Right, yeah. Um, like in the Tom Hanks movie, Big, where they're on the fucking yeah. piano. <laughs> I mean, I love those kind of films where you had big toy stores in. Um, I mean, the Ron williams film toys it just made me want to be i was obsessed with that film It made me want to be a toy maker <laughs> i mean i'm not one now but <laughs> so yes yeah, so um he went to sell his stuff in gimbals but uh, she thought it wasn't gonna work out she even there's a, a little story about her paying someone to go and try and buy one off him but then he ended up like selling them out and then they realized wow. they realized that this was gonna be big so then they started working on it, and they were selling it together as a family business. Um, but now at this point, um, they've got a bit of money, but then some of the money starts going missing, um, and Bessie doesn't really understand why. His wife, mm-hmm. um, and it turns out—I um, mean, it turns out that J, uh, that Richard—they've um, started this uh, company called James Industries, isn't it? basically um so they've got this company and a lot of the money from james industries has been going missing but it hasn't been going missing it's been donated to these weird religious charities
1: right uh,
0: and to um and he's getting more troubled and a, just a bit weird as he goes along um and it turns out that he's been donating all this money to um these religious cults basically <laughs> uh and then it goes on The marriage isn't working anymore they've got six children uh-huh. um he abandons her and the six children and then runs off with this religious cult um so they're at a crisis point where betty's like what the fuck do we do <laughs> um but then she stands strong she's got six kids she takes control of the whole company she makes slinky what it is, yeah, um, sh- by doing advertising and then comes up with the song, uh, everyone loves this link, your works with people to make <laughs> that song, yeah, and then it just sky, and then the company skyrockets. Um, while the original inventor has gone off to this cult, uh, and then in the 70s, he has a heart attack and dies. She goes on, comes in the Hall of Fame and Toys, uh, she dies of a heart attack in like 2008 or something like that. Uh-huh. Um, and yeah, and I think that would make a fantastic biopic. You could stretch it out. I don't know who um I've got different ideas of who would play them and who would direct, but I don't know. What do you think? It's a story.
1: Yeah, yeah no, I, I think it's I think it's really, really interesting. I am a big fan of uh Hollywood biopic done well. And and all you really need is uh someone with uh an interesting, compelling story. And I mean like this definitely has yeah all of the aspects this has like the the secrets and the uh you know the the uh, yeah. and, and the, the excitement and um no no i think this definitely has all the factors that you need for a solid biopic It
0: wasn't just the slinky there's a slinky dog there was loads of like there was a slinky worm character that made you know they she, she sort of built on the company
1: and like i think the use of the slinky sort of gives it uh a natural humour. Yeah. It reminds me very much of Hudsucker Proxy. Yes. Which is one of my favourite Coen Brothers films. Um, I'm not going to give any spoilers to anyone that's watched <laughs> it because I got it spoiled for me one uh, before I watched it the first oh, really? time. Yeah, and it's it's more fun if you don't know what's coming. But um, it's, it's a really, really fun film and one of the Coen Brothers best.
0: Yes. Um... And totally, yeah, and I would see um, similarities.
1: In fact, that kind of does fit into the toy category that we're talking about. Yes, totally does. Because not not just uh, that he invents a quite popular toy, uh, but also like the the staging and the setting and just generally how it's how it's filmed yes. and the use of space in that. Yes, feels sort of like it mirrors the sort of toy aspects of the rest yeah. of the film. I
0: mean, that was. I mean, what's the spoiler you're talking about? Not hula hoops. I mean, it's about well, hula. yeah,
1: but even yeah, that's I the
0: spoiler. Know. Yeah. Yeah, but he's on, literally, if you buy the DVDs, literally on the DVD cover with a hula hoop.
1: Well, maybe they shouldn't have put that on the front of the like, DVD cover.
0: I don't think you have to worry about that being a spoiler. I No,
1: like, I, the Hood first soccer. time I watched Hudsucker Proxy, I already knew that it was about someone who invented the hula hoop. And there's a whole, there's about half an hour in the film where he keeps drawing a circle. And, like, it's a lot more fun if you don't know why he's drawing a circle.
0: Yeah, but I think that film was like sold a lot on the fact that it was about <laughs> fucking hula hoop
1: i think like it is a more fun film if you don't know that he's yeah, a sure it is because but... there's a whole sequence in the film where you don't know yeah. what he's invented yeah. and he just looks like a lunatic and that's a lot more fun when you're nuts at home going like <laughs> i get it he's invented yeah. the fucking hula hoop <laughs> but i'm glad
0: you brought it up because it does totally fit into this toy
1: theme. yeah But, I mean, now we've ruined it for everyone, so who fucking cares?
0: No, because if you haven't seen Hood Sucker Proxy, I don't want you fucking listening to this podcast. All right? I'm going to stand strong. Or if you're
1: not at least aware of it. I don't know. I think it's... I think particularly now in 2019, it's not a movie that's... uh it's rarely revisited, quite wrongly not revisited, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but it's not one that comes up in conversation as much as it should. So uh, I would understand if people are okay, unaware Okay, well, of the
0: Coen it. Brothers could come back. They could direct this. I was thinking maybe you could either go full big biopic, get Danny Boyle involved. Ooh, yeah. Or uh, you could go weirder, have a little um, bit of quirkiness, some animated moments, and have someone like... Um, you know, uh, Wes Anderson or, Mm -hmm. um, you know, Michelle Gondre or Terry Zwigoff, the guy made Ghost World. Um, So...
1: I think uh, Aaron Sorkin would be quite good with this. I mean, he's proven himself with biopics before with Moneyball, which I think is a really strong movie. I think it's probably Brad Pitt's, one of his best best, um, bits of acting.
0: It's good. Um, He also um, co-wrote My Freddy my Nightmare on Elm Street Freddy movie from the last podcast. <laughs> right, yeah.
1: Um,
0: I mean, he's got, you know, he's got game,
1: He's got range, yeah. Uh, yeah. Um,
0: but yeah, yeah, someone like that. I mean, acting-wise, I was thinking, obviously, I mean, at first I thought, well, they're older, and I thought someone like either Jeff Daniels, or maybe Michael Fassbender, or someone like... Um, Courtney Cox as Bessie, but no, 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 no. I'm thinking younger, and then with the fucking modern shit we can do with aging people. Yeah. I would think um, even Jack Rainer, uh, who is the Irish guy that we've already mentioned from Kin and Midsummer, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He, He's an Irish actor, but he can do a good American accent. He could do him. You could age him. And Bessie could be played by uh, the girl who plays Nancy in Stranger Things, Natalie Dyer.
1: Yeah, solid. And
0: then she's strong. She's this young wife, but then suddenly... She's really strong and then heads up this company. I think it'd be a really good movie.
1: Yeah, no, I I think you're right.
0: With maybe the odd little dark religious cult shit in there (laughs) Uh, to mix it up, but not going back to Midsummer, but uh, (laughs) none of that. But uh, you never know. Lots of slinkiness in it. I don't know what you call it, though. I think
1: slinky is pretty solid. Slinky, yeah. What's his name again?
0: Richard T. James. Richard James. Slinky Dick. <laughs> That's a whole different kind of film that we've got to mark out there. <laughs> and maybe not toys or a certain kind of toy. Sex toys.
1: <laughs> Who's that over there? That's Slinky Dick. <laughs> no. I can see it, mate. Uh, no, like, yeah. Like lean into it. Lean into Slinky Dick. I will not lean into your Slinky Dick. Never again. But yeah, toys. <laughs> um, enjoy, kids. Yeah, so, I mean, this has been quite an interesting uh, episode this week. Um, you know, like, I'm, I'm glad we've done this one. Uh, I, I don't know what we're looking forward to next. Do we know?
0: Well, we do enjoy visiting franchises. Yes. We've done Police Academy. We've done Nightmare on Elm Street. Mm-hmm. Are we going to do any more?
1: Well, you were suggesting we do Rambo. Yes. Well, you know what, listeners? If you like the idea of us doing Rambo, get in touch, let us know. Uh, if there's anything else you'd rather us do, uh, also l- get in touch and let us know. Um,
0: there's a new one coming out in September. That's the whole point. We've got Rambo. Right. I mean, we couldn't wait, but I'd just like to do it now. We can always talk about the next
1: one. Well, hopefully someone's got some ideas out there. If you have an idea of something that you'd like us to do, a genre, a theme, a, a franchise, let us know. Uh, and have a good week. Please do. Enjoy playing with your toys. you got a friend in me. you got a friend in me. When the road looks rough ahead And you're miles and miles from your nice warm bed You just remember what your old past said Boy, you got a friend in me. Yeah, you got a friend in me